you can work with anyone who you want, right? But in your branding, you need to really hone in and focus in on one person. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey guys, welcome back to this show. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer who's been in this space for over a decade now. And I was so happy to meet somebody like me, Rita Suzanne, who is my podcast guest today, because she's like a unicorn. She's taught herself websites. She knows branding. She knows design. She is amazing. I had her over in my Facebook group just a couple months ago to talk about the five ways to brand yourself as a freelancer. She's been an OG in this space. She knows what she's doing, and she shares really good tips about how to stand out and set yourself apart as a digital marketing assistant, virtual assistant, you know, a specialist or freelancer, whatever you're doing in this freelance space. So her five tips are amazing, and there's even a bonus one that I think is really, really good for all of you who are starting out. So let's jump into the interview and learn everything we can from Rita Suzanne. Welcome to our guest speaker today. I have Rita Suzanne here. You are going to love her. She is in this digital marketing space with us, does something very similar. And today she's covering five ways to brand yourself as a freelancer. So let's jump into it, Rita Suzanne, and tell everybody a little bit about you, where you live, and how you got started in this freelance world. Sure. So I actually live in Ohio now, but when I first started my business, I was living in Southern California. But you know, when one wants to start a business and they have two small kids, they have to figure out what is the best approach. And I gave my job notice and moved across the country and decided, okay, I'm going to be a web designer and with no real experience. Like I, I taught myself web design and then, you know, it's been probably eight years now. And over that course of time, like, obviously I know all the digital marketing stuff, but you know, it's definitely been a learning curve. What were you doing beforehand? I used to work in an office. So I was always about like systems and streamlining. And I was the person who was teaching everyone all the tech stuff and doing all the things. So it wasn't a huge transition for me. It was basically during 2008 when there was, you know, I was working in a commercial real estate office. I was the office manager there and they decided that, you know, we need help with our marketing. So we need you to take over our marketing. And it was a very small, like boutique commercial real estate firm. And I was like, okay. But at that time I had no idea what really to do. So I taught myself how to use Illustrator. I taught myself how to use Photoshop. I did 
all the things. And then we ended up getting a new website. And at the same time, I was like on the back end making changes. I didn't design it. I just was back there making changes. I was like, this is interesting. You know, like this is cool. And I was really getting into it. Plus the guy who would come in and do our server maintenance, he would always teach me like the little stuff that I could do on the servers. Now, mind you, I don't really understand servers, but there was that. And it was cool to actually to learn it and all of these things. But I was on my way back, driving back and forth to work. And I was listening to podcasts all the time and reading blog posts, like when I was down on my work time, like obviously I couldn't do a lot of stuff while I was at work, but I would read blog posts. And one thing that I saw that everybody needed was a website. And so I was like, ah, no problem. I'll teach myself web design. I know how to do the things. <laughs> so that's so amazing. And this is like such a good timing. I just wrote an email that went out last week and it was talking about the person in the office who gets the extra duties, who's always going on to the extra trainings, who's like mm-hmm. thrown into the deep end to figure it out. And that's exactly what you were. And this is, yeah. I was the same way. So I'm like totally vibing with this. And there's just yeah. something about us that we are able to figure it out, like whatever new challenge it is. And that's like mm-hmm. that can make a viable business down the road, but that's so interesting that you just self-taught. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's like for people like us, the problem is, is that because we can do so many things that we try to do all the things. I think that's yeah. the biggest problem for someone like us, at least yeah. for me. I can't, it's hard for me to stay focused. Oh, it totally is. And I, I love the variety, but it's also a little bit of my downfall. But tell yeah. me, how did you get your first like paying client? Like, what was that transition like? It was crazy too, because, because I had prepared myself for so long, I was on my lunch breaks taking, you know, had notebooks and copious like amounts of planning was being done because during that time I had both of my kids. And um, so before that I had struggled for like five years with infertility. So then when my sons came, I wanted to be at home. So this is why I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to be when I grow up. And at the time I'm in my thirties, like I should have figured this out by now, but you know, I felt like as much as I enjoyed my job, I, after like two years, I would be bored and I would like, I've already fixed everything. I've done all the things for you. I need to move on. I need a new challenge. But I think that once you're in that type of situation, it gets really hard to like move forward, right? Because you don't have that experience that really like you, you can do all the things, but you don't have the experience of a specialized position. So it makes it really hard. So while I was dropping my kids off at daycare, I'm trying to figure out like, what am I going to do with myself? What kind of business am I going to start? So that's how I landed on web design. And I had known enough that I wasn't going to go in and charge too little right? Because I knew that it was going to be a lot of work. And I had done this on myself so many times. So my starting rate was $2,000. And I was floored that someone would pay me so much money with no experience. I had no experience. However, and I was still working in corporate, you know, so... But I had no portfolio. I had nothing to like really validate or show that I could do this work, except the fact that I'm tenacious. I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to make it happen. And that is when I really found out how much work it is to build your own website. 
Yes. And especially for someone else and to be the expert and the leader in it. So before I actually quit my job, I had done two client projects. That's it. And then I quit my job. I found my clients on Facebook. Oh my gosh. Did they know you? It was like in a Facebook group and somebody was like asking for a designer. And I said, I can do it. And they reached out and we connected and that was it. Do you think this day and age that works? Like, do you need to have a portfolio this day and age? I do. I think, yeah. 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 There's so much competition now. Now, mind you, this was almost eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And even getting clients inside of Facebook groups is a challenge, right? Like when you see so many posts, (laughs) oh, I need a web designer. Literally hundreds of people are replying. "Uh, What about me? What about me? Now, chances are that person is not going to hire you after you reply under there. But what I like to do is I'll still throw my name inside of that because other people do look through it. I look through it myself, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I want to see who else is in here. And I go through their stuff and I'm like curious and see who else is buying for this. And I've had people reach out to me just by them seeing my posts, you know, reply to somebody else's posts. So almost like a little mini search engine tool because yeah. people will do that. I think that's how I'm able to bring a lot of leads to my work group and my students is people go search for a virtual assistant or marketing Mm -hmm. assistant and my name still pops up because I've commented, other people have commented and referred me and it's there forever. Yeah. (laughs) You can't be disappointed you didn't get the job, but it's so funny. I had somebody talk to me. I was like doing a lot of ICA research lately and somebody was talking about standing out in the waiting pool of like all these different freelancers trying to get work, especially in the virtual right. admin world. Like it is competitive mm-hmm. because people it's can brutal, right? at you with prices. Mm-hmm. The website's like, it's a, it's a different market, of course, but. Oh, well now there's still people that charge $400 for a full web design. I had know? no idea. Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, they're outsourcing, maybe it's overseas type of yeah. uh, situation, but yeah, there's still some really way more affordable. I have to tell you something. My brother-in-law has a business and he gets a lot of contracts mm-hmm. and he was telling me over Thanksgiving that he built a website and his bid was like over $30,000 and it right. is a simple website girl. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'm in the, like, how do you do this? Right. I was like, but you know, he is subcontracting, you know, I'm going to say that, but I, in my head, I was like, man, like I know how much work it is. And especially if your clients don't have their copy together, right, you know, like right. it opens up a lot of scope creep too, with like offers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. their entire tech stack. But I was just like, yeah. man, maybe I'm going after the wrong audience. <laughs> I know. I think that too, sometimes when I see people doing these massive projects, but see, I was up to charging close to $10,000 before I switched to a day rate. And I actually make so much more money on a day rate and I am able to do it in a way that's, I don't know if I feel like it's more efficient for me, my mindset, you know, because I'm the type of person when I have a client project, I just like throw my whole self into their project. And then I don't work on my own stuff. 
Yes. And then it, that's where the feast and famine situation comes into play. Like if you are not constantly marketing yourself, then you're doing yourself a disservice, especially as a freelancer, you know, like you have to, and sometimes it doesn't seem like it's fruitful, but you know, in a, a month or two, you know, it's going to actually help you and pay off if you can maintain that consistency. And it doesn't mean like you have to post five times a day and, you know, on every single platform, it just means like maybe a couple times a week just to be in, you know, someone's radar. Yeah. And responding to those Facebook groups and all that. Well, that was a perfect segue to why we brought mm-hmm. you on today, because you have that wide range now in as a digital marketing strategist, you are going to share with us some ways to brand ourselves as freelancers. I know my own students struggle with this. A lot of times we get in, we get the clients right away inside my course and my work group. And then we kind of like table doing this branding right. stuff and like our own websites, our own social media. So tell us yeah. like what you want to teach us today, because I know everyone's like hungry for this information. So what I noticed when I taught myself web design, I was literally just teaching myself how to build the website, the coding part of it. How does HTML and CSS work together? Like I started building my websites from scratch versus using Elementor, Divi, or, you know, like using a framework. I wasn't doing that. I actually taught myself all the the technical stuff, but what was more important was the branding part. And so it's hard to build a website for someone, even for yourself. It's like, I think the hardest thing is building a website for yourself because you're so close to the project, right? And so me as the expert, I need to help my clients figure out a few things. And the most important thing is like, who's your target audience? Because let's say that you love rainbows and sunshine, but you have your clients over here, your actual clients, they're like more corporate and they're not into that type of stuff. Like you wouldn't have that same color palette or same vibe on your website if that wasn't going to appeal to your target audience. And so I think that a lot of times people also think that they could serve everyone. Now you can work with anyone who you want right? But in your branding, you need to really hone in and focus in on one person. And so in marketing, we call this the power of one. And what the power of one does is it helps you to hone in, focus on that one person. You're able to write your copy better. You're able to create better imagery that speaks to them. And you're just overall able to like develop your products and your services specifically for that person. That doesn't mean that you can't add another person in later. But it just really helps you when, especially when you're starting to just focus on that one person. And that doesn't mean like, oh, you define this person and then like you never update it. You never like change it. You know, this whole branding thing can be changed. You know, it can be updated. And so the most important thing is your target audience. Oh my gosh. I see that all the time with our quiz funnel clients that we are doing that are trying to build this whole marketing funnel. And it always goes back to that. It always does. That's why your copywriters want to know, like, who is your target audience? You know, because all these things, it all revolves around that. And I think it's so hard for people though. Yeah. What else should we be working on with our branding? Because let me go back to that for a second, because as virtual assistants, like we're kind of like the catch-all Jill of all trades. So that really is difficult for us. But we know that right. even a copywriter, like the more narrowed down you get and more specific, mm-hmm. the higher you can charge. So you could be like 
a copywriter for like productivity, you know, tips. But if right. you're like productivity tips for doctors, get to charge. Then you know who, it, right. And yeah. you know who to like reach out to. Yeah. And I have this little Ford question freebie that, you know, you guys can go grab it. It's on my website, but that will help you really hone in on who that person is. And like, even with a web designer, like I can design a website for anybody. So I get it. It's really hard right? To hone in on that one person. But once you do, you will find that it makes everything so much easier for you. That doesn't mean like most of my clients are female entrepreneurs and most of them are in the coaching industry, but that doesn't mean that I can't work with somebody who's a man and isn't an entrepreneur, right? It just means that when I write my marketing copy, when I create my products and services, I am writing it for them, for my female entrepreneur who's into health and wellness, who's a coach. You know, I got a lot of flack for this because I ran an ad for military wives is me. Spouses is the PC word. The ad was hundred percent to women because like 90% of the spouses are women. I oh, had so much hate on that from like right. toxic military culture, hating on me for not like appealing to the spouse men, but I'm like, I'm allowed to talk to a certain Whoever. group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have men in my group. They're a little bit quiet, right. but they're there. <laughs> right. And you're not excluding them. You're no. just really helping. When I read that ad, if I'm a military spouse, then it would speak more to me because that's me. Right. So that's how you're going to get more conversions in your marketing anyways. Yeah. Unless you have an audience that is just looking for a reason to hate you. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is like when you get your haters, right, then they say you made it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. And like all engagements, good engagement, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Because it does bring it up in front of people. I mean, you know, I don't know if you saw that Marie Callender's thing with the pie, but that is. Oh, no, I didn't. She burnt her pie and she blamed it on Marie Callender's and everybody jumped into comments like defending Marie Callender's. So the comments are funnier than anything else, but okay. So number two, it's positioning. And so positioning is really like figuring out what makes you different. And I think that that's another problem that people have, especially as entrepreneurs, right? Like we don't know what makes us different. Like, I don't know. I'm just a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. Like I make websites like, you know, I don't know what makes me different. Right. So once you can figure out what makes you different, that is another thing that's going to help you to hone in and focus like my background with my kids and being all in the systems and, you know, like automation and and all that stuff. That's something else that helps me stand out because not all web designers are into that. Not all web designers know how to design and develop right? Some of them just know how to design. And so these are things that I don't think that they're a big deal. They're a big deal. But just like you, like, you know, because you can do all these different, these digital marketing things, that's what makes you different. Not all VAs can do that. So (laughs) once you figure out the one thing that really, you know, it could be more than one thing, like literally you can list them out and use those little things in your marketing. Like the fact that I had PCOS, the fact that I had infertility for five years, the fact that my husband cheated on me, the fact that my sister died and I have two extra kids, you know, like all these things are what makes me different and help people to relate to me because I'm able to share more about me that they can actually relate to. So what I find is that a lot of people are afraid 
to put themselves out there, right? But if you yeah. make that list of your positioning elements, things that are really going to help you stand out, make that list. That might help you to like really feel like, okay, this is something that I can talk about that doesn't make me uncomfortable. Especially yeah. when I first started, I was really concerned about being judged, right? Because I have been in corporate forever. Yeah. One thing I've had to flip into something positive and, you know, people who have listened to this podcast before know this, but I have a resume that's all over the place, like jobs mm-hmm. every 18 months. And then when I really think about that, what it, my unique selling position there is that I am adaptable and mm-hmm. I have this like breadth of experience. So like I can turn that military spouse thing that like normally used to embarrass me. Mm-hmm. something positive. And that's like one thing I know some of you guys can run with, like whatever your past experience was, it could be something huge, especially if you get yeah. the clients in that industry. Like today I just posted a, a job for like a birth coach. And so I know that some women in my group, like have some kind of story <laughs> probably related right. to their own like birth. I mean, we all do like in their own labor, mm-hmm. like their own journey. And like that can make them a credible contractor for them to hire. So interesting. Okay. Let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. All right, what's your number three? Okay, so my number three is something that we already talked about, which was being consistent, right? Like being online, showing up, scheduling things out is what really works for me. But also like in inconsistency, that also means like being consistent in your brand. And so what I see with a lot of people is like, they change their brand colors about 15 times. They change their fonts. They see somebody else's stuff and they're like, Oh, I love that script. I'm going to change everything. Right. Or they'll keep everything on their website the same. And then they'll just post stuff on social media. That's completely different than what their brand looks like. So then it becomes unrelatable. It's like, they don't recognize it as your stuff because it's not consistent. And so I have to always try to teach my clients that when you have like your brand board that has your colors, your fonts, your different logos on there, and even your patterns, right? Like your patterns need to stay the same. Like for me, I, I use a lot of squares on my website. So squares and rectangles. So you will really rarely see me ever using a circle because everything that I use already is squares and rectangles. So if I was to add that, I just feel like it would not be consistent or cohesive with the rest of my brand. 
Wow. You really took that down to the granular level. And I get that because like if you're running a Facebook ad and it doesn't match the landing page, like people drop off like that and don't convert because they're like, whoa, what just right. happened? That doesn't match. I don't trust right. this person anymore. I don't even know who this is, right? Yeah. Or they, they see this ad and then they click over to your site and it's not even related. They don't have to be twins, just like your eyebrows, right? They don't have to be twins. They need to be sisters. The same thing. Like I have three different websites they all have the same color palette and fonts, but they're all different. And so I make them all the different, but they're same so that they're recognizable. That makes so much sense. And yet like consistency is the theme I see with my own clients, like just Mm -hmm. for the long term, because people are watching you, they're waiting. And then I see people changing their offers all the time and their audience all the time. And Mm -hmm. like, it's happening so much that I start to wonder if you're flaky or like, can I trust you? You know, it all goes down to that no like trust factor, but Mm -hmm. I see that happening all the time. Now that I've been promoting myself on Instagram consistently, I'm like, I'm just shocked by that. Like people need to know that you're going to like stick around and stay consistent. And that goes with my number four though, is like, you can change your stuff, but when you change it, change everything, right? Like don't just change the font on this website thing, change it uh, over here on your social too. You know, like I was saying, your brand can develop over time. So it's okay to pivot a little bit slowly and to adjust and to change. However, change, pivot, stay there for a little while, see how it works, pivot a little bit more. You know, you can change and pivot, especially as entrepreneurs. I think that a lot of times we think like, oh, I'm going to be doing this forever, you know? And sometimes, especially when new people come to me and they're like, I I want this new website, this new brand, and they're willing to spend thousands of dollars on it. And I say, well, here's what's going to happen. You're going to start doing this. And in a year, you're going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're going to change the whole thing, scrap it all, start all over, you know? So it's better to start slow and then, you know, work your way up, which is where I was saying, like really honing in on your person will help you because you'll have this like one little thing, right? But usually our person, our target audience is us at the beginning of our journey. Yeah. And, and so like, yes, you can change, but just don't like, it's so confusing. Right. Cause in one way I'm like, Oh no, be consistent and stay consistent and be consistent in this, but just know that you can pivot and change, but just and try to do it in a way that's not confusing. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Right. And like you said, they don't lose trust in you. Yeah. It's a really slippery slope there because you don't want to just change like every week, change your offers or, you know, and I think that a lot of people do that because one shiny object syndrome, but two, they feel like this isn't working for me fast enough. So I need to adjust and pivot. Right. And that's not always the case. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're speaking about my own brand because, you know, I didn't promote myself, talk about myself, have any kind of site or social media for years. And then I finally started doing that in end of 2018, 2019. And mm-hmm. I just got something up fast. And then over the next three years, like my voice is developing, my brand is developing, like I'm figuring out more like who's successful. And I changed from there. But I think what you're trying to say is like, once you make that decision, really stay, stay there, stay yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking yeah. about like flopping all the time, but like my brand has been in growth mode and, and evolution mm-hmm. phase. And 
I just even muted down some of my colors, like to be a little bit like more professional. And when I first quote, started, unquote, you right? know. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to be fun because that's part of like the work I do. And but anyway, when I first started, though, I was like black, white and yellow. <laughs> it was yeah, like, whoa, yeah. it's like a big change. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they, they do come for me and they're like, I want black, white and blush, you know, or something like <laughs> really simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you also like have the varying like shades of your brand, because also that helps it to become. So when you're first starting out, a lot of times you have maybe three, four colors, right? But as your brand starts to develop, I think I have eight colors, maybe wow. nine you know, so, and I use those for different accents. So your brand, as it develops, can become more complex and more in-depth, which that's one way that you can tell the difference between someone who is maybe newer versus someone who is not as new because they have a more complex brand, I guess you could say it. But I heard one person say one time, and I I always thought that this was interesting. She said with her own brand, she just kept on making new offers and making new offers and just throwing them up against the wall and just trying to see what would stick. And finally, once that one thing stuck, then she just took that one little thing and made it more offshoots of that thing, which I think is really smart because in the entrepreneur space, you can offer like 15 different things right? Because you think that that's what you should be doing. But when you hone down and you offer maybe just the one or two things, then I I think you're more successful in that way because you become known for that thing. Yeah. And that really kind of ties back to that blue ocean, red ocean strategy too, you Mm -hmm. know, like that known in the smaller pool. And then like, you can get bigger after that and more broad, but starting broad isn't going to help you get the clients. (laughs) And that's what I mean by, you know, you can change, like you can grow, but as long as you're not growing, like in weird ways, I hope I'm making sense. I'm like, is my brain like actually (laughs) functioning right now? (laughs) No, that makes total sense to me. I found it really interesting. You were saying like a baby brand would be like the three colors and a more established brand would be more. And now that I'm thinking about it, and that's really true. Like I might be looking at people and judging them in a whole different light now based on like that Instagram feed, you know, like I like pattern interrupts. Like I get Mm -hmm. bored with the same dang graphic every time, the same podcast graphing. Mm -hmm. I need Mm -hmm. like a playful mix of things. So I like having a couple different colors. By the way, I'm a five color brand right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so all you have to do is just like take one of your favorite colors and, you know, just change the saturation, make it super low. And what I like to do is like do that so that that's maybe a background on a website or something like that. That's not like super vibrant and, you know, a black background with white text or whatever. It's the opposite where it's like super light text just to create some kind of definite, you know, separation. That's a good tip. I also discovered I use like a eyedropper Chrome extension all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I would just use it to get the hex code. And now it lets me like cut the numbers down and find complementary colors and like totally nerding out on all of them. I'm like, oh, it's like telling me what I should do. And of course, like Canva does that now. And mm-hmm. but that's a really good suggestion to just stay in that color palette and lower. There's these, you know, color generators, I think like color hexa, I think it is, you know, it will actually create like the full color palette. Like let's say that you find this one 
color that you really love, then you just take it to Color Hexa and you can actually play around with creating a color palette for yourself. But, you know, that's part of the branding process too, is defining like the actual tone or like what the feeling is that you want to project with your brand. And so once you do that is what I have my clients do is go then find the visual equivalent of that word inside of like Pinterest or something like that and make a private board. And what you'll see is you'll have about 20 or 30 different pictures in there and you'll be able to see a pattern kind of emerge from there as long as you're not doing it intentionally right like you're not going in there and like oh I want all beach pictures and you have everything as a beach like that's not going to work for you so one thing that I like to use an example of is like people they don't understand like what would be a visual equivalent of certain words right like so if one of your words is like inviting Maybe it's like an open door or open barn door or something like that. And you find one that's like the perfect color for you. You know, maybe it's this gorgeous white glass door. Maybe it's like a beautiful, bold teal door, something like that. But that would be your visual equivalent of what in your mind inviting looks like. And then that's when you would take those 20, 30 images and you can narrow them down to about five or six. And that's how you would use your color picker and you would pull out some colors and make sure that that's how you would make your color palette so that it then evokes that tone, that feeling that you want to create for your brand. Oh, I love that. I love that tip. I should have used all of this over the summer. I did a (laughs) WordPress to Kajabi transfer and I did that for a client thinking it was just straight up like, I will move the content and it was not. <laughs> no. And I and I knew whatever I did was going to be 10,000 times better than what it was, but it right. like opened up the floodgate to all of those branding questions that I was like right. unprepared to handle and didn't want to. So I wish I would have taken some of those tips and steered the client in the right way or or charged more and added that as part of it. And like right. now I know if even if it's a site transfer, there's still going to be elements that change and to do that work. For all of my clients, when I, and this I recommend for any service provider, whenever someone hires me, no matter what it's for, I give them access to my client portal. And on the back of the portal is different stuff. Like there's branding section, there's a website section, there's a section with like all the tools and, and things that I recommend, like how to give feedback to me is back there as well. SEO basics is back there. You know what I mean? So I have all these things as a resource to them for them to use one it helps me but two it helps empower them and help them to actually be prepared because what happens is a lot of times they get in there and then they're like oh wait I'm gonna have to push our strategy call back because I didn't realize this or I didn't realize I needed all this copy because so your copy is what dictates your design as you know yeah so number five is always be promoting, right? Always promote yourself. And so this goes outside of even promoting yourself on social media. What this means is like, do you have an email signature in your emails that you're sending out? Is your profiles of all of your social medias, are they sending people to your website or your offer? Do they even know that you have a business? Like a lot of times people don't even put anything in there. So people don't even know that they have a business. And this is again, where 
where the fear comes in. Like people are afraid of somebody else judging them, but you're going to have to get over that if you're going to have a successful business because fear does not pay the bills. And you're just going to have to get out there, put yourself out there and make the best of it that you can, you know, making sure that you're always promoting yourself. You can create a service guide, attach that in the bottom of your email. If you really want to, you can just always promote yourself. And, you know, because people will, this is what I find to be super frustrating. People want websites and they pay me all this money for a website, but then they don't market themselves. They don't send anybody to the website. They they literally think that if I build them a website, that they're going to get millions and millions of clients and visitors from it. And that's not how it works. You have to market yourself. You have to send people to your website, whether that's a retargeting ad, whether, you know, like it could be anything, but you have to consistently be sending people to your website. I am so glad you brought that up because I was just telling somebody, I don't know who it was, but you do not build a website and it just like launches on its own. Like none of us have like brands that do that, right? No, no. not happen. You have to tell people about it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and also like what I like to do is make sure that your picture, your profile picture is the same on all of your platforms and making sure that, you know, your profiles kind of speak to who your target audience is and invite them to find you and hire you. And, and sometimes, you know, it's not going to be instantaneous. They're not just going to see you and be like, here, take my money. It's a relationship building. And that's yeah. where the consistency comes into place. Once you're consistent, then people will be more likely to hire you. Yeah. It really is a slow burn there. And you nailed it. Like your personal profile needs to be still optimized for your business. And I've seen so many clients and new freelancers, not just link to their Instagram, not linked to their Mm -hmm. business page. And most people like, we can't remember the name of your business, but we remember you. And I have like stock people out on their name and then like, I can't find your business. (laughs) Yeah. They don't have it on there. Or like even in Facebook groups, you'll go in there somebody will make a comment and then, you know, you'll go and you'll look at their profile and you're like, okay, but what do you do? Like, I can't even see what you do, you know, or where's your business? I can't see like, you're not even listing any of that in your profile. Yeah. Sometimes we overlook it because we get, we get busy, but now you guys know, Rita's Mm -hmm. giving you five tips for promoting yourself. And I know Mm -hmm. this isn't like new to all of you, but sometimes we just need that kick in the butt to do the thing and show up in a bigger way. I know my people and my students get scared to announce their business and talk about it. And I always tell them like, that's your number one lead generation. Like Mm -hmm. that's inner circle of yours knows business owners. And like, those are sometimes your first clients. So well, and, and then also like, let's say that all your family is on Facebook and maybe that's your hesitation is because you know that there's like some judgy Judy's up in there. Right. And you're like, I don't want them in my business. So instead of you spending your time on Facebook, why don't you focus in on um, Instagram them, you yeah. know, like focus in on a different platform initially and yeah. you know, that that'll help you. And then your confidence will build and then you'll be able to get back over on Facebook and not worry about Judy. You know, (laughs) that's really good advice because when you start an Instagram account, you start a business one, you start from zero, you work your way up over there. I love that tip. That's a really good one and practical. 
lets you test out your content without like mom being the one that to comment because it's not helpful if mom's the one commenting mm-hmm. like that's not your yeah. ideal to bring it back to number one that's not your ideal target audience exactly and and you know and then people should be consistently trying to build a list like i mean that's a little bonus one right there i think that if you're not trying to build a list then um you're missing out right there if people want to connect with you, tell everyone what your services are. It's so nice to know other freelancers so we can like pass on clients. Tell everyone what your services are and then where we can find you. Sure. I do day rates. And so I do like a three to four page website in one day or do like refreshes. I help people build courses, you know, anything to do with like all the websites I do, but then I have a separate thing for brand clarity that I help clients with as well. So those are my main two offers that I have. I don't really offer anything else at this time as far as services go. I also, as you know, host a mom owned and operated podcast, but also I have a directory on there. So that's a free um, resource. If you're a mom business owner, you can add yourself to the directory over there. You can also search for other service providers if you're looking for someone that you want to hire out. And there's some other resources on there. There's a mastermind that I have, like a monthly mastermind. It's really focused in on goal setting and achieving your goals. And so we do like some work sessions and then a weekly call. Other than that, I have my newest thing, which is marketing automated. And that's just a bunch of mini courses and stuff about automating your marketing and, you know, staying top of mind. I love it. And I'm in your directory. I filled that out. So I encourage you all to check that out too. Like right now, like that'd be a good thing to do immediately. So awesome. Some of us have like websites we need to pass on too. So that's like good to know, like you offer that and you can do it fast, which is just, yeah beautiful thing. <laughs> Plus you can see my process and then you maybe can uh, get a couple of tips yeah. and, and all that, because like I said, I'm really into automation and streamlining. And so I love to use anything that's going to help me save time because I have kids and all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you. I hope you learned a lot. I want to encourage you to check out the show notes to download Rita Suzanne's free target audience roadmap. It's a critical branding strategy workbook that's going to help you target your audience and help you with what you need to focus on. She has four simple steps in there, some branding tips. I think that's going to help you a lot. Definitely reach out to her over in the Facebook group. You can find more live interviews with some of these expert freelancers who have so much to share. You can learn so much by following other people's journeys, finding a mentor who's ahead of you, and learning everything you can. And my free Facebook group is a great place to start to find other freelancers because you shouldn't be doing it alone. It's really, really tough. And when you do that, you make a lot of mistakes. You put up with clients you shouldn't have. You are under charge, all of that. So I encourage you to find the link Join the Facebook group if you're not a member. And if you love this podcast, would you reach out to me? Would you tag me in an Instagram story? Would you let me know? There's other topics you want to hear about. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. Sometimes the podcast world, it feels a little weird because it's like a one-way conversation with me into the mic. So I love hearing from you. You can always connect with me on Instagram at Emily Reagan PR. Next week, we have an executive virtual assistant coming to share her story. You are going to learn so much. I'll see you next week.
If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you wanna niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services.